and welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host uh, this week, Ryan, uh, and it's almost like we haven't done this in a while, but joining me, as always, is Crofton. Crofton, how's it going? Hey, Ryan, it goes. It goes, Ryan. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Uh, we are living in a post-kids-back-to-school world. Um, there's obviously been a lot of life changes on the Murphy side of things, new things to explore on the steer side of things. And, uh, but I think like before we get into the nitty gritty of, you know, buses and school and COVID screening and all that fun stuff, uh, let's dive into the dungeons and talk a little bit about some video games, some TV shows and I'm going to take the liberty to start with a quick one here because I think everyone's heard my praises for this television show, but Ted Lasso is back. Uh, we did not get a chance to talk about it last episode, and it's just been roaring Ryan, through. Ryan, 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 can I stop you one second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I desperately do want to talk about Ted Lasso. I do. I do. But before we do that, I would be remiss because I am basking in um, and the internet is collectively basking right now at time of recording on uh, Thursday, September twenty third at nine twenty Eastern Standard Time, basking uh, in the latest Nintendo Direct, <laughs> um, and sp- specifically in the casting. Are of we going to get a, controversial here? I think. I think. I think an it, animated yeah. film, an animated film based on Super Mario Brothers, although it will not be called Super Mario Brothers. It will be called Mario. So uh, part of the, probably they'll, they'll get, they'll go three movies before he gains the super pre- prefix or something. But they announced the casting and, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a bunch of Hollywood names and, uh, and it's not without some controversy. I think Ryan, uh, I need to know uh, as an avid Nintendo holic, what do, what do you think about the, the casting of the Mario movie? Okay, well, let's run this down. I'll bring up the cast list here. So it was a bit weird. They, in the direct, they did, they go, went through, okay, we have casting news, the uh, North American uh, cast list. And the first to pop up is voicing Mario is Chris Pratt. So right off the bat, they set this expectation that these are not going to be the same voices oh, you've come to to know and love. And um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not to me, Mario. Yeah. Mamma mia. Uh, here's the thing. I think if uh, f- so, first of all, like, I think it's good that they've set this expectation. The movie comes out next Christmas. Uh, so December 2022. So still plenty of time. They haven't showed anything of the movie. But at the end of the day. Did we really expect Nintendo to just and and Illumination to basically take the one-liners from the games and then bring them into a full-length animated film? I I just don't think that was going to work, right? I want to set that expectation right now before we talk about the individual actors. So normally I would I would agree with you, right? Like that truly does make sense. But then I think about the minions. Um and I think about how they did the whole illumination themselves did not just the despicable me movies, but did like uh, the minions movies. And it, it seems to me that it would have been possible to have done a movie, say where Bowser um, and maybe his kids or whatever speak as like the villains or whatever. And, and, and Mario 
just gets by with you know his oh ho, ho, it's a me you know like uh, I I think it would have been uh, it would have been possible maybe not n- not the best way but but uh, I think it would have been less controversial because and. I, I very much enjoyed Chris Pratt, especially in Parks and Rec. His movie career I've enjoyed as well. The other lead animated role was uh, that he did was uh, uh, as the lead character Emmett in the Lego movie. And I will admit, despite hearing amazing things, I have never seen the Lego movie. So I guess I would ask you, assuming you have, how was his voice performance in that? Did he just sound like Chris Pratt or was he putting on like more of an animated gig you know like um i would i would say like a more over-the-top performance um in regards to parks his parks and rec character uh chris pratt i think is fully capable of of voicing um a character in an animated film and and again like i think him i'm not gonna stay i'm like here's the thing like the internet can react you know hot takes to just a bunch of names attached to a bunch of characters we've known and loved for the last 30 plus years but at the end of the day, I, I these are these are all top notch names except for the character, the actor playing Spike. I, I don't know who Sebastian uh, Manis. Uh, well, Sebastian, I don't know uh, who that guy is. But um, I don't even know who Spike is. He, I guess Spike is Mario and Luigi's boss, and he was like in one game. He's in like uh, like construction zone or something. Anyways, really? Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, hey, I did, I did like that Luigi is Charlie Day. Yes, I, I love just, that. I did. I do find that there's there is some stuff that could potentially be funny. But that said, like you know, and and maybe this is maybe it's better that this goes away with the times. But they're like supposed to be like these stereotypical Italian dudes, right? Like really, like yeah, you know, like oh, Mamma Mia, Luigi, what you see? And, and like that's that's kind of you know probably dated and a bit problematic and maybe it is good that they because i'm assuming god help us i'm assuming chris pratt isn't going to do a bad italian accent the whole time i see i don't know and i think this is what i i think with a cast list and you know you, you're telling people this is a, uh, the super mario brothers animated film it's it's tough to sit here and, and be like I, I have no idea what this is going to be like they haven't shown a trailer i think the first trailer is really going to set a tone for Chris Pratt as Mario, uh, Anya uh, Taylor-Joy as Peach, which, again, she's fantastic. She'll make a great Peach. Uh, Charlie Day as Luigi, I saw that, and I was like, yes, absolutely, can't wait. Uh, Jack Black as Bowser, I think that's that's perfectly fine. There's a great clip going around. I don't know if you're a Tenacious D fan, but someone put, like, uh, one of their uh, interstitial skits Um in behind uh, Bowser, and it's it's fantastic. Uh, what do you got here? You've got Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, and I saw that sounds fine. I saw a clip of like somebody has a clip of Donkey Kong laughing. Yes, and they've and they've just put Seth Rogen's laugh in the background, and I was I admit I was laughing pretty hard. I was like, <laughs> like I I think this is this is here's the thing. Like people said, oh, a Mario movie, it's not going to work, and then. They, they and they push forward with a Mario movie, and then now they've got you know top notch Hollywood actors um, for an Illumination film. Again, Illumination has come a long way. They hire you know, for God's sake, Benedict Cumberbatch was the Grinch one year, and that's an Illumination project. And everyone's like, oh man, that's gonna suck. And that movie was pretty good. Again, like I think we need to give the movie 
a chance. Uh, we need to see a trailer, see what it's like. I'm not going to sit here and like, oh, I'll burn it down. It's the worst thing ever. This is a kid's movie at the end of the day. Um, they're not making this for, for uh, they are obviously trying to make no, it for everyone. They but have it's, to it's make a kid's it for movie. adults. It's got to be rated R Mario or nothing. Yeah, um, that's not happening. I, I will say, Ryan, I'll let you get back to the the Ted Lasso. Because no, this I know is good. I know that the gamers in uh, will probably be this week heavy on the, this Nintendo Direct, so I don't want to. It just happened, so it's fresh of mind and stuff. But uh, yeah, anyway, I, I for me, um, I like. Yeah, I, I'm sort of of the mindset on video game movies that there it's it's hard to have a good one, um, and uh, they're you're always going to be just better off playing the game because in in the end, what do I love about Mario? And I've been playing Mario Odyssey lately. As much as the characters are endearing and it feels great, and so, it's really the feeling of the platforming. It, it's a platformer that and it, feel, it Mario games are so tight. Level design is so good. And yes, all the accoutrements, the toads and the peaches and all of that is is like that's part of the vernacular we're used to now. And I, I enjoy it. I'm not saying I don't. But I mean, in terms of like sitting down and seeing a passive film as opposed to just playing Mario Odyssey, I mean, they got a tall order to make it interesting. So maybe these actors and making it like really goofy and comedic and all of that, maybe that that'll be what, what does it for me. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think we need to see what they end up putting out and um i think illumination has has done a lot with uh the little they've been given with a lot of their their ips and stuff and and they've uh, they've made it work and i think this is a good cast list like obviously um you hear i guess chris pratt has moved back into this like we don't like him anymore bucket where and i don't know what he's done uh you know career-wise that that's that's been i mean i only know him from guardians and the jurassic park films and i mean like he 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 plays a pretty good you know work with dinosaurs guy and a, a pretty good uh, space scoundrel guy so like i i think that works it you you see him as you hear him as mario in your head and you just it doesn't fit but again like nintendo's taking this project very seriously uh shigeru miyamoto he's like basically stop making games to work on this film he's very involved i'd be highly surprised if nintendo was just like well hopefully chris pratt does well like i'm pretty sure there was a process here and if i'm wrong i will totally sit here and be like well i was wrong and i gave them too much of a benefit of the doubt and that trailer comes out and it's just the parks and rec guy voicing mario um i also don't hope they go you know chris pratt (laughs) doing a um italian stereotype <laughs> I it's think. me mario <laughs> yeah but that's what uh, charles martinet did and and he's going to be in the film as well as surprise cameos you know almost feels like a kick in the nads you know yeah. like it's like hey let's throw him in. hey you get the it'd be it's like no giving nolan north a part in the uncharted film and being like hey there look there's <laughs> there he is you know yeah. uh, i i i guess i just um I, one thing that talk, all this talk about voice cast, because that's all we've been talking about with Mario movie. Nobody's like, that's what they went forward with. That's what they showed. They show this list of yes. A-list celebrity names. That's the first impression they want people to have of the Mario movie. It's like, look at all these famous people in it. And that kind of disappoints me a bit. And I wonder, honestly, you know, hearing Shigeru Miyamoto is so, so involved in it. it Mario is a Japanese property. It's a, it is like 
like yes, there's a little "Hi to me" um, th that translate across generations and spaces, but the reality is that that like the the Japanese voice cast you think would almost be the most most important, or that this would be, but it's obviously going to be an international big international blockbuster, so they're leaning into the English cast, and already that feels like alien to what Nintendo, it, what Mario is. Mario is it like America through the eyes of the, of, of Japanese uh, developers mm -hmm. and now uh, you know illumination uh, and so I, I don't think uh, correct me if I'm wrong I don't think there are a bunch of Japanese animators I think it's going to be animated in in the West and I think they're European that, so yeah like I mean again it's I'm, I'm not saying it can't be good just look at Mario and rabbits right but like it, it's um oh, it's, American. It, it, it's still a it's still a tall tall uh, taller yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I, I think, you know, the voice cast being announced is a very, you know, traditional Hollywood way of things being announced. Like you probably know uh, so-and-so is going to be voicing such and such years before the movie. You even see the first frame. Um, I, I'm pretty sure they could have released something of a trailer or anything if they wanted to. Um, this is coming out next year. I'm sure we'll see more. I mean, I... I just, um, I'm not one to sit here and like burn down the internet the first chance I get. I, I get a lot of people are like, ah, oh, Chris Pratt, you know, what the hell? And uh, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. It is a it is a Mario um, movie, so I guess I'm like, I'm in no matter what. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, this is, this is a one-time thing. Chris Pratt isn't going to suddenly be voicing Mario in all the games. No, Charles Martinet is is going to have a job for life and probably uh, many years after. <laughs> so what if he did though, what if they go back and they edit all previous Mario <laughs> games and replace them with Chris Pratt? Wouldn't that be a kick in the pants? One thing I will say that, yeah. that you touched on earlier was the kids movie of Miss Evadel. And I have to say, I'm excited about that because you know, like Disney world gets by with the idea that like you're taking your kid to see where all their animated uh, celebrities are and um uh, as a gaming father i have exposed my kids much more to the mario universe than i have the mickey mouse universe right like they don't know who mickey like they don't know who minnie and goofy are really we haven't watched much of that maybe we will more on disney plus they know the frozen and and, and they do know some disney properties but the properties they know the most are zelda mario and all the nintendo switch animal crossing like those are the ones they pop for in stores and stuff like the other day we saw Isabel from Animal Crossing and Toys R Us or something and um, like a big plush and, and my daughter was like, oh, wait, look, it's Isabel. Um, and uh, and so I recognize that Nintendo uh, and their characters play a big role in, in, in my kids' lives. And when a movie comes out and it's an animated kids movie with Mario characters, they are going to be there for it. And that, you know, um, whereas if it was a new Mickey Mouse movie, I don't think that they would be. Uh, they wouldn't have a ton of interest unless I sold it to them. Um, so I, I am excited to sit down uh, with my kids in the same way that you sit down with them to watch the Paw Patrol movie in theaters. I will hopefully sit down with mine to watch my first movie back in theaters, which may be at this pace, the Mario movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I look forward to, to seeing more of the film when Nintendo's ready to show it, but uh, we, we likely won't have to wait long and um, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and 
and defend it without without knowing more about it. But I'm also not going to sit here and disparage it with with just a list of actors. I think a majority of the people on that list. I mean, yeah, Chris Pratt as Mario is the most questionable. The rest, I'm totally fine with. Charlie Day as Luigi sounds perfect. Just the right amount of. I, I'm too scared to be doing anything right now. Uh, he's going to fit that uh, that panicky Luigi so well. Oh, it's going to work. I just I assume the internet has already taken that Charlie Day uh, <laughs> meme from that Sunny where he's got the conspiracy board up on the wall and yeah. put Luigi's face on it. Like if somebody hasn't done that, that is happening right now. It's happening. Um, anyway, back back Ryan. Like yes. we have already gone completely <laughs> askew. Um, I have a natural follow through, but I think we should jump to Ted Lasso before we forget it. Cause I do want to talk about that. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. I will pick one specific, a couple of things out of this Ted Lasso return. We have season two of Ted Lasso happening right now. I've seen a couple of, um, I I've seen, obviously like I'm really enjoying it, but I have seen this weird discourse on Twitter where, uh, a couple, and I'm not going to name names cause I've actually had to unfollow, uh, the, these folks who are basically making arguments for the fact that Ted Lasso season two is a terrible show because the first season worked so well. And the second season is just like, um, you know, more of Ted being, you know, uh, the old lovable Ted, but everybody likes him now. So the show is now terrible. And like, I don't agree with that whatsoever. It's a small, it's a small audience that is saying this. I've seen it a couple times on Twitter, but like I personally think Ted Lasso season two is a continuation of, of what is a great and and positive, uh, show. And and uh, yeah, I just I find it so wild that that folks can be can just try to find a way to hate something. Um, instead of just being like, well, maybe this, this isn't for me. I'm going to go elsewhere. You know, they, they have to find a way I, to hate it and then talk about it on the internet. I just, it boggles my mind. Yes. It's the, and it is, it is funny. There's something particularly ironic about it being Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, the celebrated show last year about like kindness essentially and, and friendship and coming together and finding the best in people and inspiring them and leadership and all of this. There's something inherently ironic about like the internet masses coming together and tearing it down and and honestly um like the first season of ted lasso and correct me if i'm wrong i know i watched it this way and i i'm pretty sure this is how it was delivered was they gave it to you all at once whereas this time they're releasing episode week to week um no it was all week to week um, oh it was week to week the first time yeah so i think by the time that it got traction uh, by the time, you know, like there was not a ton of folks, uh, Apple TV day one, watching all their products, right? Like, so I know that when I watched Ted Lasso, all the episodes were available. And I feel like I didn't really miss the, the dis- like I was at the, I was the one telling people about Ted Lasso or, or like, and so I, I feel like a lot of people didn't watch it week to week the first time, but are definitely watching it week to week the second time. Um, and that allows, like, instead of looking at a season as a whole, um, you know, you you end up looking at the dis- disparate parts. And I am aware of some of the behind-the-scenes mach- machinations on Ted Lasso. For instance, this second season, due to the popularity of the first season, Apple increased the order of episodes by two and uh, the, the, the amount that they wanted in the season by two problem being 
that they already had sort of their narrative worked out. They'd already figured it out. So what they just decided to do was add two complete filler episodes. Um, and one was the Christmas episode and one was uh, the Beard After Hours episode, <laughs> which air- aired um, – Last week, I believe, and I will be honest, I love stories like that. And that episode did not work for me at all. Oh, and, really? um, and, uh, I, I think that, um, but I, but I do understand, like, it's like soon as, soon as corporations get involved and they're like, okay, like we want more of this stuff, stuff in more of this. And they're like, well, we don't have more story. Like we worked this out. No, no, no. You need to give us more. So it's either you compromise your story or you just add in, Bottle episodes. Yeah, yeah, bottle episodes or episodes that are like um, that require less of the cast, maybe require less COVID screening for the same people. You know, like there's there's a lot of the the development of it because season one was done in the pre-COVID times. Season two was definitely done in the COVID times, so it was sort of challenging. But I just just before you you hopping back back in there, I just I just will say that like I have been like my wife and I have been really enjoying it week to week. Aside from last week's, which was a huge huge letdown for both of us. Um, the, uh, the, the season thus far has been amazing. And to the point that you, that you brought up earlier, people are looking for that natural conflict, that natural tension that season one brought with Rebecca's sort of scheming in the background. Um, there was a subplot of season one, which was Ted's divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, in, in that, it, it there was a, a, a incredible scene where he gets this panic attack and Rebecca, um, you know, finds him, you know, and supports him. And um, like, this is like an internal struggle um, that that Ted has got something going on. And it's very, it's, it's not on the nose. Like the, the season one is a very traditional uh, sports story villain, um, you know, overcoming except with the victory um and and they know that they eventually have to give us the victory the sports victory i'm assuming that's going to come in season three um and we're kind of like season two is like the dark times in terms of this the sporting stuff but season two is really about um characters developing and internal struggles and i i think that I think that folks are under undervaluing those and, or, or not, not seeing them or not necessarily appreciating them to the same way they were the very vanilla conflict of season one. I'm not saying villain vanilla is bad. It had a very cool story structure. It was very, but this, this year it's a lot more nuanced. And um, I think that's, I think that's cool. There's some stuff I absolutely dislike. Like I, I, Nate, the character of Nate, and mm-hmm. everything to do with Nate. Yes, he had a heel turn this season, but I have never enjoyed him as a character. I continue to not enjoy him as a character. Um, I didn't like the beard episode. Like, I don't love everything about it, but man, we look forward to it every week, and it's like a date night special for us. Yeah, I guess um, back to my my original point was like the the conversations I had seen was like early on, like one episode had come out, and it's like this is why season two is going to be the worst. And I'm like, just based on that premiere episode. And, and I thought like, well, that's a bit far fetched, but no, like you're right. The, the bottle, I love the Christmas episode. I think there's something really fun of watching a really well-crafted Christmas episode in the middle of July. Um, or I guess August, uh, that is always fun. Um, you're right. The beard episode. I think you have to, you have to really like that character. And even then I think they found a way 
to Ted Lasso it with the fact that um, he's being chased by that dude all night. And it just turns out that that dude is just trying to return his wallet and keys. And I thought that was such a Ted Lasso moment uh, in terms of, of what happened. But then you have these moments that happen with, you know, uh, Jamie Tart's dad and and uh, Roy. And it, it's a good... Roy it's, was it's, only in the very final scene of that. Like, he wasn't in it at all. No, but but he has this, like, he comes in and he swoops in and he takes that moment. And, and uh, it, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to spoil it, but I, I think, like... You're right. There are parts of this season that um, they're trying to tell a different story. There is some stretching going on in terms of like bottle episodes. Um, I thought the Christmas episode fit a little better than the Coach Beard episode is literally like, I'm going on a bender. And he's like, okay, we'll see you in a couple episodes like that. It was literally the exchange. And um, I think they did the best they could with the we need you to add three episodes to this arc. I mean, I I disagree. Like, I don't think they did the best they could. I think I think the Christmas episode was absolutely in the essence of what makes Ted Lasso such a fun show. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome cast. It's about goodness and sweetness and kindness. Some people took issue with Santa Claus flying in the sky at the end. <laughs> okay, I, I yeah. could see I could see why that would drive people nuts. It does not bother me at all. Uh, but but what but the Coach Beard episode is was such a different tone, a different show. I liked how it gave like some side characters a shine like the the bar flies and stuff but aside from that like i i cannot say how how much like my wife wanted to turn it off halfway she started surfing her phone she's like do we have to watch the rest of this i was like well let's just see it it's part of the you know part of the the series uh the series and like we're we're made to care about this character jane who was essentially you know like um a toxic personality for beard as established earlier in the season uh and uh yeah and, and that's that's again beard is a character that works in such small doses if you ask me hey we're gonna break out the season we're gonna do a, a, an episode anchored around one character's wild night aside from nate you couldn't have picked a character that i would have been less interested in seeing that like like in Nothing against Beard. I think he works in absolutely awesome small doses, but like he's just not the character that you would anchor this around for me. Like as much as some folks have said, Roy, as you know, as a constant scene stealer is, um, uh, you know, it might have been too much of a good. Would have much preferred to do a night out with Roy Kent, you know, like, uh, and uh, but even then, I I just think that they could have done better. But I don't want to dwell on that that episode so much. Is that the rest of this the the series is is really good. I I don't know about you, Ryan. I would still recommend it as one of the best things on TV, especially comedy wise, but also like just humans interacting and being nice to each other and working mm-hmm. through difficulties. Like I, I still think it's a fantastic show. The episode before, um, and, 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 you know, if we had done this show a week before and I hadn't seen the beard episode, the episode before had me crying. Yeah. And I don't, I don't necessarily cry easy on, on shows, but I, I was legitimately uh, crying at the, at the end of the episode um, and they earned that, and yeah. uh, I thought I thought it was really good. I I was the same, uh, you know, crying at the end of that episode, and um, they make you care about characters you never thought you'd care about, and I think like that's where there was this shift of okay, we want everyone to love Ted, and now it's like okay, we want everyone to love Jamie again, and he he really 
puts forth that effort to, to earn that, that love again, uh, even from people you think who would never forgive him. And um, you're right. It's just a generally super positive show. Uh, you're right. The Nate's, the Nathan stuff is um, it's, it's troublesome. There's a lot of problems with like t- taking this character who was, you know, kind of like built up, brought up from, you know, bench boy to coach and he has some moments and he has this one specific moment that uh, that turns him into a bit of a, um, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, he basically gets the limelight and he's like, he'll turn, he'll turn, sure, wrestling uh, term. And uh, I hope, I hope that they sort of, I think they've started to address it a little bit, but like setting him up to be like the, you know, worried coach. Oh no, now I'm. I might be replaced type thing. I don't think that's working. And honestly, doesn't speak at all to, he should know better. He should know better that, that people aren't going to like say, Oh, Roy Kent's our coach now. Well, you can go back to being, you know, the, the assistant uh, to everybody else. Like, I think like he, he should have more faith in, in Ted and, and Beard and, um, and the, the, the team owners. But all that being said, like I, I assume the show is going somewhere with it. They've earned that sort of benefit of the doubt because they've certainly done more with less. And and yeah, like very truthfully, that episode in the first season where where Ted has that panic attack, you feel it. You they it's a it's probably one of the best portrayals of a panic attack on a TV show. And the fact that they 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 are going back to it and they are nailing it every time, like him struggling with therapy. And eventually, you know, finding that connection with the therapist and um, also, you know, don't ride your bike with with AirPods. I found it kind of interesting that Apple allowed them to do that uh, in terms of product placement. That seems like well, uh, that, that is one like thing that I will say, which is that, it, you know, it as an Apple TV show and I have not watched a lot of these shows. But you're already in the Apple ecosystem, but it is absolutely egregious yeah. with the amount of products they use. Apple products on the screen all the time, people talking on phones where they show the Apple symbol, using laptops, using AirBud, you name it. It's just – it's just if you pay attention or make it a drinking game, you're going to be drunk very early. Like um, So, yeah. No, that that, that is so, – but that bothered me more the first season, honestly, than mm. it did this season. Uh, where I'm, I, I'm more or less uh, used to it. Uh, there's a lot of things when you care about a show. There's a lot that you can, you know, nitpick. Like I would like to see characters like Keely and uh, Rebecca exist more than just their love lives. You know, like I would like to, uh, um, you know, see see more uh, uh, from them. I would like to see less of Nate. Period. Yeah. I would like to, you know, like there's a there's a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff that that I could say like oh you know I like this I don't like this um t- the first season was anchored on Ted as as this crazy character and that everybody in the second season Ted is just one of the characters um and uh that that is always a, a shift you know like when when you make that shift but uh I, I enjoy it and I, I just just Ryan one thing I, I would like to I'm not going to take up time this week talking about it because it's still ongoing but my wife and I are watching a show um on uh Disney plus called only murders in the building. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's with Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez, and it's a it's a sort of a comedy slash murder mystery uh, about these three true crime aficionados who listen to this podcast, all from different stripes and walks of lives, all of which who live in this fancy building in New York City, the Astoria. And and there's a murder, and of course they they team up to sort of do a podcast about it and try to investigate at the same time, and it's releasing episodes week to week, and um, it is just being it is constantly entertaining, funny, uh, just goes down so easy. And like last week, we saved our Friday night to watch one of those episodes, and the Ted La- we're like, oh, we got a Ted Lasso, and then only murders in the building. We are. We're in good shape, and it was the beard one. And mm-hmm. my wife was just like, "Oh my god, this is horrible!" And then we watched the only uh, murders in the building, and it was probably the best episode of that series. Hilarious road trip style episode, and uh, just yeah, um, you know, like I, I I'll wait until I'm curious because it's been renewed for a second season, and I really hope they resolve the murder mystery of this season like i hope it doesn't bleed into the next season uh that they have maybe something different next season but um i am i am really enjoying it so far and would would totally uh recommend that show cool oh i am uh, I've, I've seen it pop up a couple times i do love steve martin and uh martin short so i i, I want to see if they're it, it sounds like they're still very capable of delivering a, a hilarious performance so um I, I will have to check that one out and we could use more on rotation because Ashley is uh, not digging um, what if as, as much as I am. So it's kind of turned into no, a uh, Ryan show. Yeah, no, that's a hundred percent what happened with what if for me and, and Jess, she was not keen on it. And honestly, um, I, I think Ashley would like only murders in the building. Now, uh, before we move into the diapers, I really did want to talk about a video game. Sure. Do we have time? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I want to hear about uh, about your time with Psychonauts too. Because I've 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 dived into this one as well. You have dived into the mind of Psychonauts too, um, Ryan. How far are you in Psychonauts two? Are you far? Or just oh, the beginning? Or? How to describe it? I've entered like the mysterious forest area where your where your parents, your family, has basically arrived say say no more that's good for me the audience can so you're uh, you're definitely you've done a few of the missions and you're 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 along did you play psychonauts one no i completely missed that one yeah so so did i and uh, i was very much it uh, it was like like just some background the psychonauts was one of the first games by double fine studios which was created by a developer of some of my favorite games growing up the monkey island games um and and a lot of the lucas arts games of the time uh tim schaefer and um i just miss psychonauts like uh i don't you know i don't really know why maybe the art style put me off maybe i was going through the i'm a i'm a cool teen and this looks like a kid's game type type attitude around around the time of its release but i never i never played it um i pre-installed it leading up to the original psychonauts one and and i i put it on the xbox series x i started playing it a bit by myself and was like oh yeah i could see maybe getting into this but it didn't really nab its hooks in into me um originally but when psychonauts 2 came out and the reviews were so strong i was like oh man i i've got to um i've got to try this and man, I'm glad I did. Like in, in my mind, and we are, I think, at the very end, and by we, I'm playing this with my daughter, Gwen. And I would just say, I would preface this by saying, 
Um, Gwen is now seven. Uh, this game story is way too complicated for her uh, and, and 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 too mature. But the minute-to-minute gameplay and what's going on is something that she can super appreciate. So I would say if you have a kid um, and they're they're okay with like you know not necessarily getting everything, um, then then you know go ahead because um, there's a lot of storytelling here and it's done in a non-linear and somewhat complicated way because you are jumping into characters' brains. And so you're seeing things from their perspective, but you're all often seeing it in an abstract way. Cause when you jump into a character's brain, it's presented like a world, like in Mario or something, but in a stylized way that represents their inner psyche. And that can be, you know, like kids are just like, Whoa, it's crazy colorful in here and everything's messed up and whatever. But like, as an adult, you're like, oh, this. Re- I understand this. This represents the repressed uh, desire to be more risky in life, and blah blah blah. Like you get, you get that as an adult, and it, it's tough as a kid. And then even the plot itself um, is is challenging. And there was a big reveal lately, and I was like, holy moly! The reveal knocked my socks off. But my daughter was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't. Mm-hmm understand and uh brains later in the game brains are put in different bodies and it gets even more confusing because a character will look a certain way but their brain is a different person and all of this it's very can be can be confusing so i would say to parents this is not a slam dunk for 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 kids however if you have like a six seven eight plus older it's really like there's nothing really like it's a cartoony style and it's a funny voice acting and it like it's it's safe for them to watch and they may very well enjoy there's a lot of collectibles that they can spot and different things like that but yeah the game is uh you play as Rasputin Aquato who is like this 10 year old kid it takes place right after the events of Psychonauts 1 for people who are like who are able to be patient and play Psychonauts one first, I think there would be a lot of merit to that because I will be honest, I was confused to shit at the beginning, um, and I think that uh, I think that knowing the events of Psychonauts one would be very important, uh, which is too bad because the sequel comes out so much later. But I got by that, you know, well enough, and then you get into the the playing of it, which involves an overworld, like an outside of people's minds, sort of overworld that you can explore and do different things and talk to characters and all of this. And then it involves as the plot moves forward, um, you throw this little door on people's heads, you open the door and then your guy gets small and jumps into their brain and has all sorts of magical superhero psycho powers. Um, and it's all very subversive, very funny, very well thought out, super well-written, super enjoyable. And for me, Ryan, like no question there, I have not, and I haven't played a ton of games that were released this year, this year, but of the ones that I have played, this is my game of the year. No question. Wow. Well, that's really cool. I, I played a little bit with, uh, with Caden and, and Abigail sort of just hanging out on the couch and I think, Oh, let's try this one. And I think what really works for the kids is, uh, the animations, the busyness of the screen, and just everything is just so animated. Um, nothing is really taken seriously. They do often touch on serious topics, uh, like there is there's there's talk of you know death, disappearance, brain loss. <laughs> like someone literally like it's cartoonish though, right? Like someone's brain gets taken at the very beginning of the game, and it's just this guy walking around. And they look through his head and they see they can see through his ears. 
and there's, it's just hollow. And then that character's not dead. He just he just runs around the mailroom just going like, airmail, first class, priority mail. And then he's you constantly go back to the mailroom. He's getting stuck in machinery, and he's just getting stuck in corners. And like, it's all very cartoony. And I think that's what works when when playing, you know, uh, with the kids. But by no means is it a game where you're going to pass them the controller unless they are good at 3D platformers because there's a lot of powers there's a lot there's you have to constantly remap your powers uh just based on it's not hard to do but again it's one of those things that that does introduce this this layer of complexity but um i really like the way they set up the world and how it it encourages you to explore and it's not you're right it's not linear you aren't like okay how do i get to world three so i can continue the story no like you're often after that first mission, it's pretty linear at the beginning, and then eventually they, they kick you out to the overworld, and it's quite substantial, and they're basically give you the option, like, well, you can go see your family who have set up camp in the mysterious forest, but then while you're there, you're interacting with the other interns that you're working with. Um, Raz thought he would become an agent, a psycho agent, but, he, but he's in the intern program, and there's just a lot to love about this game, and I feel like if your kids aren't following the story anyways and and you want to you want to have a game that you can play with them but also you know jump back into in the evening and maybe progress a little bit through the overworld like there's that option as well obviously if you want to play with your kids through the whole thing that's also an option but i I think there's a lot to love with this one it's on xbox game pass so if you have game pass you already have uh this game available to you um I, there is, I haven't had a chance to play it, but there's another game that was recommended on the Gamers Inn uh, this week. Jocelyn had played. It's called I Am Fish, and uh, it's it's literally a game where you are a fish in a... In, you ever play Super Monkey Ball? Uh, I did on the GameCube. I love yeah. that game. So it's kind of like that, but you're a fish in a, in, a, in a glass bowl, and you're doing these physics puzzles. It's the follow-up to I Am Bread. It's the same developer. Uh, I think it's Bossa Studios. And uh, I, I do want to get a chance to try that game with the kids because I think they'll really dig it. It basically looks like if you took Finding Nemo, turned it into a physics puzzler game where I'm sure the earlier levels will just be fun. It's like a, more of a toy where you're like, okay, like try to navigate this world in this glass ball uh, as a fish and, and see if you can make it to the end. Uh, I haven't played it yet. I do want to check it out. It's, it's on the list, but like Game Pass is kind of killing it with all these offerings of, uh, you know, being able to jump in, try something, jump out. So the uh, fish games on Game Pass? It is, yeah. It's called I Am Fish. I mean, I haven't played it yet, but you know, Jocelyn made it sound like so much fun, and I looked at a trailer, and it's what, like you haven't played it yet. I have not played it. I haven't had a chance. I, I it's on the list to, uh, to play with the kids. Me, but you know what? Let me talk about. You know what? I I really think Resident Evil Eight Village looks like an awesome game. That's yeah. a good game. I've watched. I've that. never I've never played it, but it looks <laughs> good, and I've seen reviews online that say that it's a good game. Well, here's the thing: as educated parents, I think we can make some you know decent call. I don't think Jocelyn's like. I tricked Brian into playing this game with his kids, but really what happens after the initial trailer, all the fish get guns and they just, that's, that's how you become fish. And it's like, "Mm, okay. Like, I think I got, I think I, I think at this stage I could, I could spot a game, but yeah, I have not played it yet. I, 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 I think all parents should be playing resident evil eight with their kids. I haven't done it myself, but I think that the reviews are good and people tell me it's, it's true. Game, you you so. got me. You really put yeah. me in my place on that one. <laughs> you gave it to me. Hey, um, 
just going back to Psychonauts, the most amazing game ever. Uh, I just, I just want to say that, like, um, uh, one thing about it, like, not to toot a torn too much. Uh, the platforming, while good, is like I had just come off Mario Odyssey, and it's clearly like not as tight as that. And platforming plays a big role in it. And uh, the other thing I, I would just say is the 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 combat, and there are combat sections. Are is is fine, but it again is nothing to write home about. Where the game really shines is uh, in the world building, in the variety of powers, in the solving of puzzles, and really in each each uh, respective mind that you go in, and how it kind of changes the rules of the game and stuff like that. So, I uh, know it, it's really great, and the fact like. Like it's one of those games where it's like, and this happens with Game Pass, and I know I could buy it, and I maybe I will, but like I'm gonna finish the game with Gwen, and it's gonna be like I'm gonna consider it an all timer probably when I'm done, and and then it's like, do I buy it for eighty bucks even though I have it on Game Pass? It's always gonna be on Game Pass, is my feeling, um, uh, you know, like so. It it just feels like something you want to support and see more of to to see more of, but but uh, yeah, you're right. Game passes um, continues uh, continues to kill it, and uh, uh, the the next one for uh, for me that I'm excited to try with Gwen is this Bridge of Spirits, Kira Kina Bridge oh, yeah. of Spirits um, uh, on PlayStation Four and Five. I've got I've got the PS4 Pro. I I I've looked at some of the reviews. I want to be sure, man, is this game appropriate? Like you never know. Like for a six seven year old, even though she's not going to be playing she'll be mostly watching is there more violence than you would think sometimes that's the case but i don't think so it looks like a super awesome adventure so i i'm after psychonauts is done uh that'll be the next one up for us yeah i i'll uh, i'll ask jocelyn to play it and then i'll let you know if it's okay for our kids <laughs> thank you thank you ryan good 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 burn uh do we want to uh do we want to uh, do the uh, changing of the diapers? Yeah. Well, before we switch over, uh, you know, I, I want to let our, um, our our fellow friends, uh, Travis and Whirlwind, know that we did not forget about them. Uh, we did play some Marvel Avengers. Uh, I was going to talk briefly about it, but I think this is a good time to plug what we're actually going to do for Extra Life this year. We talked about it last uh, episode, like, oh, what are we going to do? What can we make Crofton do? Um, and it turns out we've already made Crofton do something, you know, very terrible, which was, uh, which was uh, use a strawpoll.com meeting poll to, to set up some dates in which we can play some video games live on Twitch for everybody to see uh, for Extra Life. We're going to be playing uh, Marvel Avengers. We've kind of formed this uh, this group of, of folks. Uh, it's been lovingly uh, tagged as the Avendads or I think that's how it's pronounced. It lo- it honestly looks better when it's written out than than said. So. I had I had no control over the creative. Keep going. Yeah, I didn't. Well, I mean, in, in all honesty, he was given many options to uh, to offer feedback. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I, honestly, the yeah the name wasn't set up by me. I think Whirlwind did that. Um, but uh, yeah, if you go to bit.ly slash extra life Ryan, we're going to be taking donations for extra life, and we are going to be playing some Marvel Avengers on Twitch. Uh, later this year so you can join me crofton whirlwind and travis as we sort of navigate uh marvel avengers and and possibly menus of some kind because uh last time we played crofton (laughs) 
<laughs> you were having some issues with the uh... come watch croft and create a square enix account maybe <laughs> next time you can watch croft and create a playstation now account who knows what account crofton will create yeah come I, come watch and find out i give you heck but you know he did figure it out eventually we had some a lot of fun and i thought well wouldn't this make a, a, a great event for for this podcast as well as extra life because it is playing video games um we're, we're trying to nail down a date uh, right now we're it's either looking like well we're not too sure but it's probably either going to be it's looking likely november although we're going to try to squeeze in something we might try to squeeze something in in october if we can but um you know busy schedule for for the four of us to try to f- figure things out we've only had like one or two nights where we have played so like maybe we shouldn't schedule more nights we don't want to break up the band before the big event but uh i'm really looking forward to playing again i here's the thing about marvel avengers that game is infinitely more fun when you're playing with your friends and just having a good time and running around as superheroes uh i think that game's come a long way um and uh yeah i'll I'll reiterate here like playing with your friends is a lot of fun because they you can communicate with them when you're playing online with random people there's just a lot of expectations flying around like some people want you to go you know slow some people want you to rush the objective you know other people get upset because you're not like following them and it's like it's just nice to not have to worry about random people on the internet and just play with some friends so i i had a lot of fun i don't know about you crofton did you have fun playing marvel avengers or were you just along for the playstation plus account creation ride so so there you have a, your back of the box quote from Ryan Murphy. Playing with friends is fun. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Murphy. Um, playing with randos, not so much fun. That box could use the quote, I think. Yeah, no, it probably couldn't, you know. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it too. Um, it's one of those things like the games are so packed now of stuff that sometimes like you'll play a piece of it and you'll be like, okay, I got what I wanted out of it. Like I got Avengers pretty cheap. I think on sale, it went down in price pretty quick. Oh, I think I got it for Christmas. And even then people got it fairly fairly inexpensive at that time. And then I played the campaign. And honestly, it has a very good campaign. It was very enjoyable. I was more than fine with it. I was like, I got my money's worth. I put it back on the shelf. I, there's tons of games like that that have like a good chunk of, of game you get what you want out of it, but then there's so much game left in it and you could, and and it was very fun, you know, putting it back in, seeing it update. Suddenly all of a sudden I've got like black Panther and all these other heroes. And then I'm playing with the guys and, um, you know, obviously the, the most valuable player, I don't think that needs to be said, but whatever. Um, and like, I'm, you know, saving people left and right, flying around as Iron Man. True. Uh, yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, no, it it, it is um, it is uh, it is a really good time. It's one it's one like there's obviously everything that people have criticized about the game is uh, has merit. It's just that in the moment to moment of multiplayer w- with your friends playing as superheroes, a lot of that falls away, and you're like, oh man, this is this is great. And one thing I, I did notice when playing the game, and this is an interesting you know the interesting concept of difficulty, is like like the missions can be uh, varying levels of difficulty depending on like your, your characters levels and um, 
it, we we did easier ones, like we did some easy experiences, and then we did some hard experiences, and it felt like we did nothing in between. Either we were barely hanging on, or it was super a uh, cakewalk. And mm-hmm. I would say that when it was a cakewalk, it was borderline boring. It felt like we were playing four separate games. Um, like I'm just shooting guys as Iron Man, you know. Ryan's, you know, shooting bow and arrow or whatever he does. And, and like the and the other the other two guys are, are are beating up their dudes and we're chatting and stuff, but it's not like uh but as soon as as soon as the it heats up and is challenging and dangerous and characters are dying, well you need other players can res you and and then you've got to stay close and use maybe complementary powers and there's some buffs and that for me is when we fought a couple of bosses like that too. That's where it got really like sort of we're trying to communicate and figure out best ways to do it and talk smack and all of that. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, uh, it, it is good, but I, I, um, I recommend if you're finding it a cakewalk, you're playing with your friends and you're like, Oh, this is just like button smashing, uh, you know, crank it up, take some hard missions. It'll be more fun. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get a couple of nights in before our big Twitch debut to just kind of like, uh, work out some wrinkles. Cause we are, our power levels are, are kind of all over the place. Um, but we'll we'll sort that out. I, I'm hoping by next episode in a couple weeks we'll have a date uh, in mind. But uh, as soon as we know it, we will put it on Twitter. So definitely follow us, DNDcast. Don't worry, I'm not ending the show. But uh, definitely go to bit.ly slash Ryan so you can donate. And uh, we will have more announcements soon as to when we will be uh, bringing the Avengers back together and uh, and playing some video games. All right, speaking of video games, uh, Crofton, you usually have some video games to talk about, but and I know you do. I see one in here, but I but I have to say, like we we teased it at the top of the show. Um, perfect segue, Ryan. Not really. Uh, school is back in session. It is you know nearly the end of September. Uh, I know I have lots of updates in terms of like what's been going on because there's been a lot, but uh, I, I want to. I'm curious. I want to hear from you because I know like you've got uh, your oldest going and in, went into grade two. Now your youngest is she still in daycare or did she start JK? She's still in daycare, and I like we had a we were nervous about a bunch of just transitions, right? Like, and the summer is is full, even though it's kind of relaxed, was full of transitions as well. But so we had our oldest going into grade two, but grade one uh, where we were um, got, became pretty much virtual only. Like there was a time they were in school, but from March onwards, she was on the computer. So she had not been in school for a while. And we were a little bit nervous about her, you know, going, not just the COVID of it all, but like, how things were going to go, how she was going to feel about it, like what sort of anxieties, new teachers, new classrooms, all of that. Meanwhile, my my uh, younger daughter is in daycare. It's her last year before JK uh, in daycare. And the daycare lady is move, was moving houses. And a couple of her good friends from daycare were moving up to kindergarten, right? So they were leaving, but she was staying behind. And so the 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 cult, you know the cumulative amount of changes was substantial and i was just you know we were my wife and i were collectively worried about all of them being like oh you know hopefully this all works out and they could not have worked out better like gwen got her kindergarten teacher back this time as her grade two teacher she gets on so well with her she just feels so welcome there's new kids in the class that are awesome she loves every day of school she comes back with our projects huge smiles on her face it's just been going great 
they tr- the new the new um, daycare uh, is it this nice new house. Clara loves it. She loves the walk there. She's excited to go every morning. It, with the change has like refreshed her. There's new kids that she's hit it off with super well. And now we have no change for the foreseeable future, and we're just loving it. So things are going pretty well, although we're living in constant fear of everybody getting sick, uh, not just of COVID, but like we're entering that season and I know a lot of folks who are sick, but right now, knock on wood, I'm knocking on my head mostly. Um, things are going really great. Gwen's loving great too. Clara's loving daycare. I hope everybody else is um, having as good a time as me. Actually, Ryan, you know what? I'm just going to assume that everything's great for you. It's the exact same thing. We don't even need to do your sure. half. Carbon because copy. It, copy and and paste but you know just just in case just in case how's how's it gone for you uh okay well uh no not not everything has gone quite as smoothly uh as as you say uh here's the thing um we so ash and i we have three kids they're kind of all over the place in terms of ages and and where they're at in their lives kaden um absolutely loves school and the way they did the staggered start so Caden did JK virtual that was our choice we kept him in virtual we didn't even he didn't even go to school but he did do preschool so he had this he he understands the concept of being with his friends going to school is a lot of fun um and uh, at least early on uh, uh so he's he's he was very excited he got on the bus no problem he's been wearing his mask like a champ like no issues perfect perfectly fine we went to visit his teachers he's stoked he was he was all on board and still is uh he he gets on the bus every day he gets off the bus and he's he's i've never seen the kid happier he's having a great time um abigail has had uh is, is a little different so abigail hasn't had any experience um we you know looking back even with covid we we didn't feel comfortable we it was a combination of not feeling comfortable, but also like not feeling comfortable, not really needing her to go into daycare. We were both home. And um, I think it was just one of those things where we were we were content to keep her home. But I think looking back, she really could have benefited from that experience of, of being um, at a daycare setting or, or a preschool setting before jumping right into JK. That being said, first couple days, uh, she uh, they stagger it so like um, Caden ended up going first, two days on his own, and then Abigail joined him uh, on the third day. So she had she had gotten to see the routine, uh, got to see Caden go on the bus. So then Abigail went on the bus. They they have to sit together because they're in the same household. Uh, She did fine the first day, you know. um, She did really well. And then, you know, a couple days later, like, she's more tired, um, and she was, you know, not having not having it. She didn't want to get on the bus uh, one day, and uh, to the point where she's like, kicking and screaming and crying, and it's like, okay, so uh, this is our first sort of experience with, um, with this specific moment, and, well, I have to go to work. Ashley is, still isn't back to work yet. She starts next week. Uh, she says okay well i'll take her to school <laughs> she takes her to school and which again is fine you know she she didn't want to get on the bus fine i'm not going to like force you on the bus right now but we are going to take you to school and took her to school and i guess like she was warming up to it you could kind of get her you know excited she hasn't 
she, I, I think the issue is like she hasn't had a lot of time at school, so she hasn't had a lot of time to form those relationships with these kids who she's just met. And uh, she gets in and she's totally fine. And then she sees the teacher and she's, she starts to get upset again. And uh, the teacher's just like, do you want me to take her in? And <laughs> Ashley says, you can try, but she's likely going to fight you on it. And sure, and, I, and this is all anecdotal. I, I was not there for this. So this is uh, a retelling of what, what Ashley had informed me. And I guess the teacher tried to pick her up. <laughs> no luck. She really, really didn't want to go in. And then I think eventually it just came down to like calming her down and and walking her to the class. And, and Ashley did have to sort of leave, like walk away at that point. And uh, it was tough. It was not, you know, uh, from what I understand, it was not an easy thing to do. Uh, but since, since that day, she's been fine. Both Caden and Abigail have been fine. But you alluded to it. It's only a matter of time before they get sick because it's like these kids have not been in class for 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 a long time. You know, they've been they've obviously everybody's sort of keeping their distance due to the pandemic. And then all of a sudden they go back to school, even though they're wearing masks, they're still touching things. They're still like getting these germs. And uh, yeah, the whole house is sick, except for me. I'm not sick because uh, I have been sequestered to the office most most days working. And um yeah, so Caden's uh, been home for uh, three days, and Abby's been home for two days. Oh, God. We're hoping they're going to get to go tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, the youngest is still sick. Like, Isabel's got a bit of a cold, too, and she's supposed to be starting daycare. Again, has no experience napping successfully anywhere but our house. So all of a sudden, we have to take her to the take, take her to daycare, and uh, that test didn't go well because, like, the daycare lady, like, you know, didn't like. It's hard to follow. It's hard to say she should have followed instructions, but because she has other kids to take care of. But at the end of the day, it's like she's like, oh, I, she, you know, I had to like, I had to like lay with her. Like, oh, you did like put her down an hour late, and she's in a strange place, and you just set her down in this, you know, crib. She's never or this uh, playpen. She's never had an experience with. So, like, I can kind of see why you you had to do that, but. um so that's a whole other aspect. So like, you know, on Monday, uh, I will hopefully knock on wood, have my f- first day where there's, where there's nobody in the house, but me, cause Ashley will go to work, Isabel will go to daycare and the two oldest will go to school. Um, and you know, Ashley's worried like, well, what if we have to like, you know, go get them or go pick up the, you know, Izzy at daycare. And, and I said, well, so I take, I took the day off. I took Monday off, uh, you know, from the aspect of like, you know, maybe you know just be just being available because work has been busier so it's like i took the day off so this way if anything happens i can swoop in and go and and go take care of anything but like deep down i'm sitting here like no this is gonna be my first time in five years where i've had the whole house to myself for longer than an hour and uh i'm just gonna relax and enjoy the quiet and play some video games so i am looking forward to that but but that's if everything goes really well so i that's funny. I remember like when that happened to me one time, it was like I was at work, like I was working and um, Jess, I took the kids somewhere some time and I just recognized like for like two and a half hours, I had the entire house to myself and I could, you know, play video games or like just dance on the streets. I could do whatever I wanted mm-hmm. and I was just working and by the time I realized they were all gone, like there was like six minutes left and then they, 
and then they they came back and they were like, "Did you enjoy your time having the house to yourself?" And I was like, "I didn't even know. Why wouldn't you tell me that I had the house to myself?" You know, like I would have, you know, first time in years, I would have like put something in my calendar and said like, I, "I'm sorry, house is free," you know. But uh, yeah, but no, yeah. I, I I made a point of like. Uh, I wanted, you know, the first thing that came to mind was more like, you know, um, making everyone kind of feel this calmness. Because again, at the end of the day, it was like, if if I get caught up in work, work is obviously going to be like what keeps my focus. Um, and I, you know, obviously we do have that flexibility to to step away uh, if 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 we have to, if there's an emergency. But I think like deep down, it it made actually feel better <laughs> and about me just being you know uh around and if i had to drop everything and leave i could seconds notice you know uh isabel's daycare is right down the road so again like if the daycare ladies have is struggling or is unable now i did say to ashley like you know she runs a daycare it's her job to make sure that she can take care of of isabel unless like isabel is like I don't know, sick or, or whatever, I totally understand having to go pick her up. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know, we've never done daycare before. So we're kind of sitting here. It's like, well, what if she won't nap? Like, do we have to go get her? It's like, I'm pretty sure we're paying her to watch her. So she doesn't nap. That's, that's her problem, right? Like, again, I'm new to this. So you, you, maybe you can explain to me if, if <laughs> what, like, how do they, I'm pretty sure she has to take the daycare lady has to take care of that, right? Take care of what? Her nap? Yeah. Her nap like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Your exactly. daycare lady. Well, her daycare, the daycare lady manages her, the nap, the nap when she's at daycare. Yeah. But, but yeah, like you guys are a team with the daycare uh, oh, lady yeah. in terms, in terms of managing her overall sleep. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, if she's not, you know, if she's not, um, getting up too if she's getting up too early or staying up too late and then it's not or is, is sleeping in you're letting her sleep in really late and then she doesn't nap like i mean it's just a, it's just a matter of, of having that conversation but when she's at daycare yeah she has to she has to sort of abide by the daycare rules and nap accordingly and if she doesn't then maybe there's a conversation to be had with you guys but as to what what to do about it but hopefully you don't have that yeah, so we'll see how it goes, but it's been a it's been a busy three weeks. Just I feel like we've experienced all all the things. Like we experienced, you know, first time bus rides, first time going to school, first time teacher orientation, first time bringing a cold home, um, first time uh, like they, they didn't have this obviously when we were we were kids, but like they have these apps now that the that the school uses so the teachers can like send you photos and send you notes about how your kid's doing and uh i think it was like the the day before we kept caden home it was like this weird um note that came home to, to was sent to all of the parents that were in the class it's basically like we noticed a lot of kids have the sniffles so if the kids are, are sick they have to stay home uh because it gets in the way of their learning like obviously with covid screening they've taken sniffles off of that list but at the end of the day if the kid's sick and they're and it's disrupting the class they do recommend the kids stay home and i was trying to remember like when i was a kid i don't remember being staying home sick like unless i was like really really sick obviously there's there's differences now with the pandemic going on and like you you obviously if you're 
if you have certain symptoms that could could be close to a, a common cold, you do have to get tested. But I, I don't know. I just don't remember being homesick a lot, unless I was faking it um, to to get a day off. But obviously, I don't I don't think Kate and Abigail are doing that. Obviously, they they are sick. But yeah, it was uh, it was weird to get that note from the teacher, and it's it's also weird to have these like I'll be working and I'll get a notification on my phone. It's like oh, it's a picture of you know Caden hanging out with some other kids at school, like their first library visit or whatever. Like we haven't, I'm not used to that sort of like access. Like I didn't know that was a thing. That do you have that with your kids at uh, at school and daycare? I the. Like the day- daycare lady and Jess get on really well, and and she will text cute photos now and again, especially if there's a special event. Not daily anymore, you know. Clara's older, sorry, sorry for for Clara, for Gwen at the at the school. Um, her kindergarten teacher runs an Instagram account and is doing it again this year. The problem or problem, the, the the thing is she can't show any of the kids' faces or anything like that in the Instagram account. Like mm. uh, even with the sort of login that we have to do, um, it's really just like uh, – but you get a sense of what – and you can recognize your kid without their – you're like, okay, there's Gwen or whatever. And But you get a sense of like what they're doing. So if they're all doing Play-Doh uh, – or, or they're all doing a project like the, the shots are like group shots from the back and you kind of get a sense you're like oh that's that's cool uh, and it gives you a sense that they're having fun and that they're you know being kept safe and and all of that so yeah i just anyway i'm i i'm really appreciating it right now i think that it's it's super fantastic so uh I, i'm glad that the technology is key is allowing you especially because for you it's the first time on a lot of this it, it's allowing you and Ashley, maybe more so to have the peace of mind, uh, knowing that your kids are okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's been really cool to, to see that, that access. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, like going from like your only experience with this is, is your own experience. And, uh, you remember so little of it because I don't remember kindergarten, but you know, I yeah, can, I do. You do. Oh yeah. Look at you. <laughs> but, but I'm really smart though. That... Um, one, one thing I, I will say, um, it, that that I like we had to, we had to struggle with this app after school thing, so like Gwen's school goes from eight a.m. to two thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. So it it's over at two thirty, and surprise, my work is not you know, um, and so uh, it used to be in the pre times, the pre COVID times, we would do the. Um, we would do this after school program and the after school program. It's funny because they're so militant about the school for COVID. Like kids can't socialize with other classes. They have to be in their class. And then, you know, like it's very much, they're all kept apart and everything is very prudent. And then as soon as it's two, two o'clock and they're like after school program, throw them all together. Woo. You know, like uh, they don't, it's like, all bets are off and the rules are over. So we kind of made the call, like, you know, our after school program will be like the television. Um, and, uh, and so Gwen's been coming home and I, you know, I felt, feel a little bit bad about this, but Jesse and I are both working. We're like, she's older now. Like she's seven. We're like, do you want to watch a show? And what she's asked, actually been asking to do is play untitled goose game and untitled goose game. I've talked about it on the show before, but it's like, it's like a, you know, if you're playing it linear, linearly, it's essentially a two-hour experience tops, like almost. Um, 
or a small environment, not much to do, but it is the definition of a sandbox. And this is the thing, like, and I know a lot of kids, a lot of parents would have their kids like doing Minecraft or whatever. And Minecraft is awesome because their kids create something, right? Like they can just go and build something as Gwen often did with Animal Crossing. Untitled Goose Game is like that, except the complete opposite. It's like destroy and make things and and I will like Gwen will be playing it downstairs with me after school and I'll be working and closing up my meetings and I'll just hear her laughing hysterically and I'll turn around and she has like, cause I'm very linear in how I approach it. She is just torturing everybody. She's taking all their stuff, making giant piles and floating them down the <laughs> river. She's like, Hey daddy, I took all the pumpkins from the gardener and I dragged them all the way up the river and across town. And now I'm using them to block the door. So this lady can't get out of her garage, you know? And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, wow, that's some dedication there, Gwen. <laughs> and she's just laughing hysterically. So she's clearly in training to be an internet troll and uh, doing a, doing a good job so far but yeah i just it is funny because you know how switch tracks your most played games i looked in it the other day and untitled goose game we have played more than a lot of games that we have no business it has no business surpassing like for a three-hour experience like gwen's probably put like i don't know 60 hours into it or whatever nice. like it's 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 crazy and uh it what's fun about it is aside from the the honking, which she doesn't do too much. The music and the sound effects are not so annoying. So I can turn it down and like, it's like a good babysitter right now. Uh, I, I'm wondering, and I've never played this uh, goat simulator game, but I feel like she needs another animal destroying an environment game. Uh, maybe they, they'll get goose game 3.0 featuring Canada geese out sometime soon. Maybe. I, I think like, uh, that's a really good point. I mean, cause um so for me, like the way my work is like I, I start at eight, I finish at four, um, the bus, uh, they get the bus at like, you know, after I start work and they're, they get off the bus like minutes after I, like, I have to basically wrap up work, run outside and, and, and go get them. And, uh, so it, it kind of fits, but it's also very busy. And I think that's one of the struggles with like working from home is that there was no, it removed the commute, which the commute was always great. Cause it was like a, it was that buffer between like work and, and home. So it allowed you to kind of decompress and then like move into the next phase. So like, I, I feel like I've, I've I'm still struggling with that. Like I, I, I do miss that commute, even though for me, it was only like 10, 10 minutes. It wasn't very long, but it was still enough to kind of like you know give you that buffer and i think that's where um you know the 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 schedules are are less like we need a babysitter or like a like a like something like after school program or or, a, or or sort of a little toy for them to play with it's just it's the schedule is still like you know from one thing to the next and i think that's where i'm still trying to figure out how i can kind of get back to like okay i need like a 15 minute thing between these two and and that's that's something i'm still trying to figure out uh because it is a lot uh, like the, the schedule has changed a lot so whereas before like over the summer it was like you know start work at eight there's nothing else going on like i was the only one kind of getting ready you know i was helping everybody else but like i had really we only had to have ryan downstairs by eight and uh i think that obviously has gone out the window now with everything going on so i'm still getting used to that um 
But uh, yeah, like uh, I, I do want to. I know Caden's been, you know, he's been asking to play, you know, more video games, and and uh, I, I really, I really do want to find some more time, uh, you know, to to fit that that in. But um, I think, I think like that's something we're gonna have to work on for that. I'm gonna have to work on for sure because I think like it's just it's um, when when he's when he's in school. Obviously, we're not playing video games. When he gets home, he's exhausted. Um, or I'm, uh, I'm making dinner, right? Like just, there's so much going on, but the weekends is like the weekends is a great time to do that. Uh, I, I do want to play, you know, find more games like untitled goose game, uh, like goat simulators. Another one of those. It's like, it's, it's a game you can certainly progress in, but it's also a game that can be just like, you know, turn off the, you know, do the checklist stuff and just, it's a toy. And I think that's where, you know, you and I look at what Gwen was doing with Untitled Goose Game and like, okay, that that's a lot of work for, for what game. Like, you're not checking anything off the list, but she's having fun. And I think that's where, like, Goat Simulator would be a good one. Um, that's where I was kind of thinking, like, I Am Fish could work because it's like, who cares about the objective? You're just you're just a, a fish in a bowl, like, trying to get a, a, across this, you know, plank across two roofs. Let's see how this goes. And, uh, yeah, like I, I appreciate that. And I think that's where like Minecraft has come up a lot. Like people really like Minecraft, even the way Gwen was playing Animal Crossing, like it, it takes this like game that does certainly have progression and just turns it into a fun toy. And it's really, really interesting to see the way kids like, you know, go back. I wish I had the time you know, the free time to basically look at this and be like, you know what? I am going to collect all the uh, pumpkins out of this patch and block every person in town in their house by with these pumpkins. I, I, I really do wish I had that time. And I, and I, I think it's awesome that you can look across, look over your shoulder while you're wrapping up a meeting and just see your, 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 your daughter screwing with these, yeah. these perfectly innocent towns. So I don't think anyone did anything to the, to the, to I, the geese in that game. I just think though, that it's like, my brain is broken as an adult because mm. I don't, even if I had the time, like you're saying it's a matter of time. Oh, if I had the time. I would love to do it. If you gave me that time, I wouldn't do that. And the reason I wouldn't is because I am absolutely focused on linearity and objective based gaming as an adult. Like it's like, I need to know what the objective is, what I'm doing and what the reward is. It's like, I'm not, I'm not just going to build like, I have Mario Maker. How many levels have I made? Here's a hint. Zero. Um, but I, I've played a bunch of levels because that's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy – I'm like I'm playing somebody else's created thing, has a beginning and an end. If I'm to create the thing, no, I don't feel like it. Same with Minecraft. Never played it. Why? Mm -hmm. Because what is it? Building shit? I don't feel like it. Tell me what the <laughs> quest is, you know? So I just feel like my brain is broken. Like when I – in goose game there is a literally a list where items get crossed off as you do them once all the items were crossed off i'm like okay game over done now you know and for kids uh, in and for gwen thankfully it's not like that it is a toy as you say and i love that i do it just makes me sad that i'm such a joyless adult who's just like uh give me objective based things don't ask me to use be creative you know like it's um uh, I just I don't I don't enjoy that anymore. It's too bad. Yeah. I I think there is like maybe maybe more free time, you know, just right away probably wouldn't fix it, but I think over time having less free time has certainly like formed your uh your brain this way. And and mine as well, cuz I'm the same way. Like if a game is like 
basically like make your own fun. Like I'll try it. I'll enjoy the moment, but I probably won't stick with it. I do appreciate like a, like a good story, good progression. So I think maybe like over time, having less time has certainly changed the way you, you find the fun. A lot of people like to spend hundreds of hours finding the fun creating. And I, I wish, I wish I could do that. Um, but I just, I, I haven't been able to do that. And I don't even think I ever did it as a kid either. Like I was very much like, I liked, you know, the, the, the linear experiences, the, the stories, the, you know, the, the progression, right? Like that, that, uh, that noted progression. Um, well, you know what? I think this has been a, a really good conversation. Obviously we'll have more adventures with school and, and, uh, buses and, and, and teachers and all that fun stuff as we continue. Um, it has been obviously a, a whirlwind couple of weeks as, uh, as we, you know, kids are back in school, kids are already homesick. Uh, I, I feel the pain of, of many parents that they were experiencing, um, over the last year of like, when your kids are sick, like you, you kind of have to like drop everything and, and make sure you're there to, you know, uh, have them at home. And, and I mean, uh, I certainly feel for parents who who would have had to normally go into an office and then um, suddenly, you know, I got to leave. I got to go get my kid because he's he, he or she is sick and I got to go got to go home. So I I appreciate that a lot more now because I, I have a feeling that uh, that I'm going to be doing that uh, a lot um, as uh, as things go on. All right, Crofton, that is going to do it for uh, this week's Dungeons and Diapers. We are back. But uh, that has been the episode. You can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad. Email the show, dad at tgistudios.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me at R. Murphy, Crofton at Crofton Steers, and the show at DNDCast. Be on the lookout for details of our Marvel Avengers night, where we'll be streaming the game on Twitch. And you can donate to our Extra Life uh, campaign at bit.ly slash Ryan. That is going to do it for this episode of Dungeons & Diapers. Have yourselves a great couple weeks, and we'll see you later. Bye, everybody! Bye.